Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Not to bring up another controversy, but we're talking about all of this. Have you discussed how you're going to raise the baby? You know, because I, when Dad and I, since we're different faiths, my grandmothers and my mother wanted Ari to be baptized, and we had promised his father and mother that she would be, go to Hebrew school and learn the Jewish religion. And I had a lot of trouble with that because I wanted her to be baptized. We're happy the baby is baptized. I didn't tell them yet, so I, <laughs> I was just about to tell them. Oh, What's, what are you telling us? I agreed. Ba- baby asked me, he said, the one thing that he really wants, that's really important to him, really important to your family, is that we baptize the baby. So I justified it to myself. You're just going to put him in some water and, you know, it's nice. Everyone's going to have a party for him, you know, so... I just just don't want to analyze it too much. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Before I get into the recap of the episode, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. First of all, they announced a new season of 90 Day Fiance, season eight, y'all. It is coming on, excuse me, um, December 6th, Sunday, December 6th. It is going to be featuring seven couples four new couples and three returning couples I'm just gonna talk real quickly about them you know was I like titillated and excited and like goosebumpy like I typically am for a 90 day fiance teaser no I feel like I'm very much interested in the couples the new ones not so much the old ones so the first couple we can talk about is Brandon and Julia Julia's from Russia 
Brandon is from Virginia. We see him in the trailer and he has this very like, I'm just a sweet Southern boy, you know, like very creepy. <laughs> he seems like a, like a down home parents own a farm situation, but then he calls himself a bad boy when his parents aren't there and we see him, you know, just running around and jumping into the hot tub naked with Julia. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with them. A returning couple, y'all, Mike and Natalie. Mike, the tall log of a man from Squim, Washington, and Natalie, a truly one of the more unhinged ladies that we've seen come out of Ukraine. She has those wild eyes, that wild blonde curly hair. Um, I actually, mm, I like their storyline, but really just because of Natalie. And the more we saw them, there was more of a darkness happening really with both of them. They kind of introduced this whole thing as like, oh, they fell in love in such a crazy way. You know, his friend married a girl from Ukraine and then he met her because they were friends The two Ukrainian women were friends and it was a whole thing and. Mike has that, you know, like, weirdo uncle that lives on his property named Bojangles, and they have pancake Sundays together, and then the more we got to know them, the more Natalie seemed strange, and really, Mike was, like, low-key giving serial killer vibes, like, he is one of those guys on these reality shows who is soft-spoken, and because of that, he gets away with seeming, like, letting the woman seem crazy because he's not, like, brash and open and loud like Natalie is. But all the time, he's a sniper coming to shoot you in the back of the head. And you don't even know it until that red dot is in the middle of your forehead, you know? So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that. Um, moving on, we have Rebecca and Zied. I did not enjoy their story. I, you know, Rebecca, there was just like strife after strife after strife with them. Things that didn't seem consequential to me, but I understand like Zied's from, uh, I don't know, he's like conservative and I think he might have been Muslim. She went to his country and, you know, it was a big problem that she had had a girlfriend before, that she had a sleeve of tattoos, she was older, and, you know, all of that was a big deal. They, they would wear matching leather jackets. Oh my gosh, do you guys remember when we first were introduced to Rebecca? And they tour around her house, and her house was just like a shrine to Zied. Pictures everywhere t-shirts with his face, blankets, all sorts of memorabilia as if it's like some kind of weirdo. I've been watching The Crown, you guys. I'm a total crown head, just letting you know. So all of my metaphors are going to be royal related probably. It's kind of like, you know, like a Princess Diana commemorative plate, that sort of vibe. Like, what do you do with this? And you definitely paid way too much for something that is really worthless. It just has somebody's face on it. 
Um, that was really it. I think she's from Georgia. Eh, whatever. We'll see. We'll see. Um, the next would be another new couple, a guy named Jovi and Yara. Surprisingly, Jovi is not the foreign one. He's American. He's from New Orleans. Jovi seems like a big dick bag. Yara seems, she's from Ukraine. She seems completely overwhelmed at the fact that she was saddled with one of the biggest douchebags in New Orleans based on the trailer. I feel bad for her already. He does not seem like he is at all interested in getting married or the responsibilities that come with that. So we'll see. Next couple, we have Stephanie and Ryan. Ryan is from Belize. Stephanie is a 52-year-old woman from Grand Rapids. Ryan, 27. So, I love a cougar. I love a cougar storyline, we'll put it that way. I like, we don't often see them. Like, we see, you know, like, Angela and Michael and that other terrible lady who looks like a cartoon character, fucking baby girl Lisa. And I... I feel like we haven't seen, have we seen an older woman and a guy that wasn't from Africa? Nobody's coming to mind at the moment. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe the only person that we've seen an older woman with a South Africa or South American guy from a Latin speaking, a Spanish speaking country was, um, oh, who's the one that's on pillow talk now with the boobies? The big old bra lady. I cannot think of her name. And I can totally picture her face. And I'm not going to Google it. But y'all know who I'm talking about. The one who's on Pillow Talk now with her blonde friend. And they're always drinking wine. And they're from Georgia. Why can I not think of It's going to bother me. Anyway. Um, I'm interested in this. It seems like there might be a sugar mommy storyline between them. And... I'm just going to say it. I think the idea of a sugar mommy is exciting to me. I like it. I like it. The next couple we have are Andrew. He's 32 from California and Amira from France. I don't really remember too much from their, I don't, I don't remember too much from them in the trailer. So I guess I'm going to have to move on. Uh, then let's move it. Oh, okay. Tariq and Hazel. So we guys, you guys remember Tarek or Tariq, um, from like several seasons ago, a few years ago, he was also on pillow talk and then he got kicked off. He and his brother Dean were always giving each other high fives and like, you know, like having to Rochambeau for who was going to pay for the pizza during pillow talk. And then they got kicked off. The rumor was that they had, one of them had said something shitty about Tim possibly being gay or trans or something. And he got kicked off the show. Well, they both did. Um, I know that Dean during the COVID spinoff, Dean had moved to, I think also the Philippines or Thailand. He had found a woman. I think they got married. He was basically living off of his pension from the military. But anyway, um, yeah, shockingly, I don't really keep up with 90 day people. I just like to see, I like to keep them precious. I just like to keep them on the TV really 
with the exception of like maybe Paul and Karini. And that's really just because so many wild things happen with them. And I'm going to talk about them in a minute, but I, I like to keep them precious. So I really didn't know that Tariq was still with Hazel because I don't think he had been back to the Philippines. Do y'all remember them as a couple where he <laughs> saying he brought that like a fake beats pill out on the beach to rap about like um, a brother want to get with a round the way girl. He did a whole song for Hazel and she was like, Oh, Oh dear. <laughs> Hazel never seemed interested in him. It seemed very much like I am financially unstable going through it. And this guy can take care of me. So I'm going to do what's best for me. um where did we leave them yeah he has this daughter remember he had a daughter i believe she's on the spectrum she has a son in the trailer we see that hazel is bisexual and she's looking to explore her sexuality while she's in america because she wasn't able to do so in the philippines so we see them going through some kind of app or website looking for chicks i'm interested in seeing how this goes are they going to introduce a third? Is it just like she's open? Is she going to realize, you know, who knows? Who knows what she might realize? I'm looking forward to that. I gotta say, I think my, the ones that I'm most excited about are probably Terry and Hazel. And then Mike and Natalie. And then maybe... Uh, that might be it. Well, Stephanie and, and Ryan, I'm I'm interested in the sugar mommy situation. Let's talk about something else. Unfortunately, the most cursed couple, a 90 day fiance, Paul and Karini. Paul, as he's wont to do, took the Instagram story to talk about how he, Karini, um, baby Pierre, and their soon to be son i think they're naming him ethan are all living in brazil now and he was saying some wild wild shit basically this isn't wild but karini inherited a farm in brazil they're hoping hoping to turn that into you know a financial windfall for them growing crops and whatnot um paul then basically said you know It's our fault. (laughs) It's everybody's fault um, for taking it upon ourselves. Y'all remember. Let's let's go back a little second. Over the summer where Paul was all over Instagram, Instagram live, Instagram stories, post, 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 posting about how Karini had uh, cheated on him, how she had slept with some guy like fuck the guy while Pierre was in the bed asleep, how she had put glass in his Dairy Queen blizzard, how she had given Paul an STD, how in the height of the COVID wave in the summer, Paul in the middle of the fucking night went to the ER to get an STD test and was posting from a hospital bed about how he had tested positive for STDs. Um, Karini had to write a statement about how abusive Paul was and basically had to run away from him uh, and took the baby. And 
there was that whole Instagram live where the cops came and Paul's mom was there and she was like, both of y'all are weird and you're only making the situation worse. I don't like it here. I'm unsafe. Um, it was just a whole thing. So apparently all of that concern from him publicly putting it out there in the internet space that it's our fault for being concerned about Karini, that somebody took Karini away, somebody forced her into writing a police statement saying that he was abusive and that he rescued her. So somebody from a church group helped rescue her and bring him back. Bring her back to the house. Does that make sense to you guys? Does that make sense to y'all? Allegedly, these false allegations were withdrawn, meaning what really probably happened is that Karini just was like, I'm in the cycle of abuse. It's very, very sad and depressing. You look at pictures of Karini and it just doesn't seem like there's any life in her that she has just given up. It's like every picture I just look and I feel like this is going to be a four-part to six-part Netflix special in the next few years where it's just like shit went left real bad and I feel like we're watching a car crash. It, it's actually really depressing. Paul thinks that he's smarter than everybody. He thinks that we believe him. He... It's just a diabolical human being, an evil, evil person. Basically, what he says now is that they're stuck in Brazil because Karini's green card was lost or stolen and the embassy is closed because of COVID. So they have to be in Brazil indefinitely before they can come back to America. Um, do I believe this? I don't know. I don't know who would steal a, a green card, how you could get away with a stolen green card. I don't know. Did they steal it while they were in America or did somebody steal it while she was in Brazil? Because if this person, let's say this person stole it while they were in Brazil, some random person found a green card. Seems like a highly illegal situation. It also seems damn near impossible to get away with. <laughs> so seems like it would be very easy to figure out who this person was that sold the green card. Unless, is this like a Cynthia getting married situation? Where they, where she got married like the first season that she was on Atlanta and her mom and sister were like, should we not give her the wedding or the, the marriage license? So they can't legally get married in Georgia. Is that is that what we're looking at? Like, okay, if we just steal the green card, she can stay here. And we'll know that she'll be safe. That I actually would believe. That would be a situation in which I would believe that somebody stole a green card. Other than that, I have no idea. Anyway, he also says that they um, weren't fired from 90 Day Fiance. They weren't fired from TLC. That TLC has been very gracious to them and giving them time to work it out. And like, they're hopeful that they can come back on the show and show like a, a more fun, brighter side to their relationship. And it's like footage not found on that one. Um, I think they probably got fired. (laughs) 
I think they really don't have any options. I think Paul's trying to put it out there like there's some sort of hope for them to come, excuse me, all back to America and that everything's going to be fine and that they're going to be this like happy family that made it from the 90 day franchise. And it's just like, girl, give it up delicious. Like it's not happening. Not happening. Let's move on to actual 90 day the other way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So, let's start with Devin and Jihoon. We didn't really see them. Devin's parents come to Korea, but before they do, Devin Skypes them just to double check that they are coming and to see where Alicia, her mom is in terms of like her feelings about Jihoon. Because last time Alicia left Korea, she was feeling some type of way and was feeling real tight about Jihoon letting Drusilla run in the street in Korea. And, you know, the potential of there being a, you know, Drusilla pancake on the street. So, Alicia's still angry about that. She says Jihoon has a lot of work to do. Jihoon is deathly afraid of Alicia. And after Devin finishes the Skype, he's like, oh, what's going on with your parents? Just letting you know, I have something called EP syndrome. Do you know what that is? Devin's like, no, Jihoon, what's EP syndrome? And he goes, I have Alicia phobia. Her name is Alicia spelled with an E, just so you guys know. I have EP, Alicia phobia. <laughs> said, I don't want to die. <laughs> said, Bitch, me too. I, I have Alicia phobia. And I don't want to die. I feel like Alicia's one of those people who will come to you in the middle of the night. You're bleary eyed. Like you have to go pee at like four o'clock in the morning. You wake up and it's like, ooh. There she is, just standing above your bed, ready to smother you with that long blonde hair. So I get it. I totally get it. Three days later, they go and pick them up from the airport. We get Alicia. We get her uh, Devin's father, who I don't think we've seen on TV before. Drusilla is so happy to see her grandpa. She runs up into his arms and starts crying. This was like the most human-like behavior that we've seen from Drusilla. I didn't see the tears, but they said she cried. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let y'all have that. Um, then we see Raven, who maybe it's because her name is Raven, but she was giving me real like emo vibes. Like 
Y'all know from Parks and Rec, it was Aubrey Plaza's friend. I think his name was Raven and he was just like super emo and goth. That's what she was giving me. She had, she, she had an air about her. We'll just say that. Um, that was really it. Jihoon was like terrified to have to see Alicia again. Says, honestly, I kind of want to piss my pants seeing her, but they hug. They get along. That was really it, all that we saw from them. So let's move on to Ariel and Binyam. We saw a lot of them, but I just like, I, I just, it's getting so taxing for me to have to watch Ariel. <laughs> but like, I just want to get the shit out of the way. So let's do it. So it's her parents, you know, they slept through the night. It's their first official day in Ethiopia. And Ariel is frustrated. Surprise, surprise at Binyam. She's like, you know, you know, me and Binyam spent most of the day arguing and, you know, I just want to make it nice for my parents. And like, girl, no, you spent most of the day arguing and Binyam had like just an ounce of soul leave him with every word that came out of your mouth. But okay. 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 So they, the family goes out, the parents and Ariel and Binyam and the, and the actual baby go out to you know, the neighborhood and... Binyam is so nervous and I just feel my heart breaks for him because it's clear that like he is so, he's not ashamed of where he comes from, but he is so concerned about her parents seeing how he grew up and what life is like in Ethiopia that like He's not embarrassed, but he is. Like, he just doesn't want them to feel like, he's like, this is my home. And this is what I know. But I know that it's not going to be good enough for them. And they're going to view this, my life, my world, in a way like they find disgusting, basically. And he's right. And I just feel like, I, I just feel like terrible that he has to go through that. Her father is like not into it. He's like, you know, I'm really concerned and I'm surprised at how underdeveloped Ethiopia is. And I have to be like, are you, is this insensitive to say, but like, I feel like, isn't the, like growing up, everybody used to say, oh, you know, there are kids starving in Ethiopia. Like is kind of a trope that we know that Ethiopia is a third world country that it is quote unquote underdeveloped. Those were his words, not mine. And I I just don't know what he's so shocked about. Maybe it's just seeing it in real life, but I don't know. It's like he's like, these are people live here. These are their houses. I it just like ugh, keep that inside. You know, it's just icky. It's just icky. I didn't like it. So they're walking like, you know, just through the neighborhood and they on the side of the road and there are some chickens in like a, not a coop, but like, you know, kind of a, I don't know, like a, not even a cage really. Just like there's an area, like a fenced in, wood fenced in area for the chickens. Where do y'all think this is going to go? Right? Somebody's selling chickens on the side of the road. Did you think that? Binyam was going to get the chicken for the baby? Do you think they were going to be best friends and that's why he was just going to get a chicken out of, out of the side of the street? Like, 
Or could you have thought for more than half a second and thought, these are chickens for eating? So Binyam was like, oh, let's get a chicken because that's how my culture works. He grabs a chicken. They're like, oh, no, I, I can't look at that. I can't watch you kill the chicken. Like, we'll we'll figure something else out. Like, no, no, no. And again, like, you could just tell that he felt so embarrassed. And like, to him, it's life. <laughs> but to, to them, it's just like this horrific savage way of living and I just want to be like what did y'all think was going to happen to the chicken? You think the chicken was going back to New Jersey with you? <laughs> like what are we doing here? Anyway uh, then yeah, Janice Janice is her mom and it's like <sighs> the more we see of Ari the more I understand why Ari is the way that it, she is, but like, I, I'm even gonna say at this point that even though I find Janice annoying as fuck, I think she's probably still better than Ariella. I'm just gonna say that. So Janice is like, you know, is it common for men to just go off to work and not tell their wives to just like leave at the last minute? And Binyam's like, yeah, basically, like the the men work; they have to leave for work. So if they have to leave, we have to leave. And Ariel is like, well, I'm American, so I'm just going to need more notice and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, the man has a job. You know that he works nights. You know that he works days. You know that he works all hours of the day. And so you know that this man does not have a nine to five job. You know that he basically has to work every day to barely make ends meet so they're probably going to be more often times than not that he doesn't have a set schedule because that's just not how any of his seven jobs work and I'm sorry but I think it's been very clear that Binyam is in a situation where if he gets an opportunity he gets a text or a call for a job He's just going to have to take it. And is that convenient to you? No. But is this something that, like, her parents need to sit you down and talk to Binyam like he's a teenage boy about? Absolutely not. I don't think... I, I don't... I did not like the way they spoke to him. It really was just like... It was like a, like kids. Like, he was a child and his parents were talking to him. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm I'm trying to rush through this because I just found this whole... The more I watch of their relationship, especially with her parents there and present and sticking up for her, I just find the whole thing really, really gross. Really gross. So, then it gets... Her parents, you know, came with all this baby stuff, equipment from America, so they want to go to view their apartment because they are Benny Minari and the baby were staying in the hotel with them. So they bring all the stuff over to the apartment to take a tour of the apartment. Janice is like, wow. Mm. Okay. Is that as big as your refrigerator is? Ooh, yikes. She's like, well, I understand compared to the places that you showed me last time I was here. 
this is like a palace, but it's not good enough for my daughter. And it's not really meeting the requirements. And you guys really need to like pack it up here and get a bigger place because it's not meeting my requirements. Well, you know what? Open your purse, bitch. (laughs) You don't get to have requirements unless you're opening your bank account. Fortunately, she did say, you know, we'll help you. And I know that you don't want this to be forever, but like, also, and this, that goes right back into like parent little son mode. It's like, baby, we need to know how much you make, how often you get paid. Do you get paid every time that you go to the clubs or, you know, like, and how much, you know, we need to know your finances before we contribute. And it's like, no, I don't think that's really fair. I think you guys should go into the situation of, we're going to look for apartments. We're going to provide you with an apartment for a year. And maybe there can be some kind of, I I don't know, but I just feel like, I think you're really putting him on the spot by asking for his finances. And he says, and I think this was like pretty obvious that he works basically freelance so some months are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. There's no guarantee, no set money. He has been very clear about this. He has been like this the entire time. I just thought it would have been a lot better for them to say, we're going to find apartments for you guys. We're going to pay for a year or however long. And you can pay for everything else, whatever. Binium's like, this is the best place I've ever lived you know, and again, this is where it just gets to be like embarrassing. And I just, I, I don't, I just don't like it. I don't know what the best situation, the best way to go about this is, but like, I'm not liking what I'm watching here. Um, then we find out, fortunately, Ari says, you know, well, he does have a job where he could get paid regularly, but he can't take it because of me, because I need him home or I want him to be home to help me with the baby. So thank you for admitting that. Because I think that really helped Binyam. But you admitting that you're the one who's fumbling his own bag because you can't watch the baby. I don't even think it's that she can't watch the baby. I think it's that she just wants him around because she doesn't like him being at the club with women. Really. So good for her. I don't think she knew what she was doing by telling on herself, but she did it. And I think her parents understood. So then we see... It's about time for the parents to leave. So then they have, Binyam gets the family together, meaning a couple of his sisters, Ari's parents, they go out, have some kind of drinks. And Janice is like, well, since you guys are here, Binyam's sisters, how do you guys feel about, you know, the communication between Binyam and Ari? Like, do you guys think that it's gotten better? Because they've been telling us that their relationship is better, but, you know, we just want to know. And Binyam's sister, Wish. (laughs) I stan. I stan her. She's like, well, Ari gets mad really fast. And it's really uncomfortable and weird to see her freak out. And shout at him. And she shouts at him in public. 
And it's really not a good look, especially because she's a white woman yelling at this man in a public space and making things really uncomfortable for everybody. So that's how it's going. Since you asked. (laughs) And then we see like a little side interview with Ari and her parents and Janice is like, well, Ari does have a temper, but I, you know, I've just never really seen her yell for no reason. And to me, it's like, okay, you can't have it both ways. Like to me, in my mind, somebody with a temper is somebody who is like popping off with a little provocation. To say that somebody has a temper and that's part of their personality is somebody who does not know how to communicate well. And it doesn't really matter if there's, if she has a reason for it, she's not communicating well and it's coming out in anger. So (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I think that's still on, on um, Ari's, I think it's still her fault. And then Janet says, you know, like, I just think that this is not a a culture for Ari. I don't think it's something that she'll thrive in. What does that mean? What does that mean? It doesn't mean that she's not going to get her way. And therefore she can't just act any way she, she feels like she can't act like Veruca salt all over Ethiopia and, and people aren't going to take well to it. So she's not going to quote unquote thrive. Is that what it is? Okay. Okay. Janice. Okay. Okay. So then Wish goes on to say, you know, Binion has a really long fuse, but there is going to be a point where, like, he's not going to be able to take how much of a bitch Ari is. <laughs> Thank God for that. And then Janice asks, like, you know, because we learned earlier that Ari's father is Jewish, her mom is, I think, Catholic, some Christian or Christian offshoot, and that she's like, you know, Janice was saying, oh, you know, like, we you know, dealt with religious cultural differences. So like, how is that going? And which is like, Oh, well, you know, like the baby got baptized and Ari's like, Oh no, I did not tell them that yet. Didn't tell. So then she has to explain like, Oh, you know, well I figured we can just get the baby baptized. Like it really wasn't that big a deal because to me it was just like putting water in the baby's head and it was like a nice family ceremony. Like I just wasn't taking it that seriously. And then her dad actually gets pretty upset and he says, Oh, like I don't like that. He's like, when you baptize a baby, you're introducing that baby into that religion. And we thought that you were going to have Aviel practice the Jewish religion and do all those things. So they don't feel great about that. Um, and he says that he feels like Ari is forced into it. I am like 50-50 on this. But again, it all comes down to like, this, these are communications and conversations that y'all should have had prior to the baby being born. You knew that Binion was not Jewish. You knew that you wanted your baby to be Jewish. These are conversations that you guys really should have had beforehand. And to act like Ari was forced into doing anything, I think is taking it too far. It's too dramatic when the truth is like she was compromising for the sake of her family and her boyfriend. 
I think to act like she's being forced is really like violent. I, I just don't like it. Oh, let's, let's wrap these up real quick. So then <laughs> Binium's sisters and Ari get back and forth and it is very clear that they do not like each other. They're like, yeah, we did talk him into the baptism because Ari was like, well, I actually don't even think that Binium cared that much about him being baptized. I think it was more of his family. And she was like, hell yeah, it was. We don't want the baby to go to hell. And Ari's like, okay, the hell stuff is really what I took issue with. So like, please, Binium, I told you not to bring up the hell aspect of the baptism. I told you. And Wish goes, are you really acting like Binium's ex? (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm on Wish and her other sister's side but I am just saying that like it was good to see Ari have people basically show her who she is and let they had no issue saying we don't like your behavior we don't like your attitude we think that you act this way I think Ari needed that reality check of like you think that you you come off like you're being a victim of all these circumstances and you're truly like a nightmare. You're a nightmare. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, let's move on to Armando and Kenny. So Armando, Kenny, and Hannah are on their way back to the office. They have to go and get the official filing the rejection that they initially got for the marriage license on the way there Armando explains to Hannah you know to the best that he can to a six-year-old why they're going to the office what happened how they got their um original filing rejected (laughs) and Hannah says those people sound ugly and I said you know what Hannah you're absolutely right. Hannah's a fucking legend. Those bitches are ugly. They're ugly for denying them. So we get to the office and Kenny's like, you know, I knew, he knew, obviously they knew why they were going there, but he can't read Spanish. So he asks Armando to translate what is actually on this rejection paper. And this shit was disgusting they basically bring in like evolution into the whole situation and said you know that the same-sex marriage is not permitted because they need to guarantee the continuation of the human species and so because of that marriages are just between a man and a woman ew ugly feo okay feo I hate that. Kenny obviously is like, you know, I did not know that they were going to word it that way. He clearly is very upset about that. I'm very upset about that. And, you know, it just deflates him a little bit. And I get it. And I, ugh, it was such a sick, I I really would have liked to read that whole thing to see like how they explain, fuck off, fuck you guys. Fuck off. That's really all we saw, you guys. Sorry to end it on such a <laughs> shitty thing, but ugh, gross. Um, let's go to Tim and Melissa. 
So it's almost time, thank God, for Tim's mom to go back home and Aunt Carmen, who we have not seen <laughs> since the first night where they were on the car couch. Um, so Tim and his mom have coffee together. They leave the apartment and just have like a one-on-one -on -one talk. And I just want to know, like, because we've not seen Carmen, like, what has Carmen been doing while she's in Colombia? Has she done anything? We have not seen a mo- she, She's like Judy <laughs> during Family Matters. She went up those stairs and we have not seen tell of her since. Anyway. Tim's mom's like, you know, I hope Melissa appreciates all the sacrifices that you made by moving up here. And it's like, okay, would you be saying that if they had gone with the original plan and Melissa came to America? Would you be telling Tim about that he needed to recognize all the sacrifices that she made and all the family that she left and her whole life that she left to move to America for him? For his little flat pancake ass? Would you be saying that, Mom? Don't think you would. Anyway, um, Tim... Basically, he's like, you know, I'm kind of worried that I've done so much damage to this relationship and Melissa's too scared to be vulnerable and, like, we're just never going to get back to that place. Then he tells his mom that, I don't know why he felt the need to say this, tell his mom that Melissa, while they were on their break, while they were, you know, going through hard times, that Melissa saw other people. And you know what? Thank God. I think that Tim honestly was looking for an out and was looking for more support than what he got. And he didn't get it. Sorry, cheese stick. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom, I'll give you points for that one. She was basically like, yeah, I'm not really. She should have. She should have seen other people. And honestly, probably is good perspective for her to recognize what's important sometimes you have to see other people to see if the what you left is at what something that you want to keep around and i love that i love that so then what happens then she says tim's tim's in a situation he's in a bind so we all know that they have no intention of getting married because they have no intention of getting married he can't get a license or a visa to be able to work. So Tim is now at a point where the money's running out. And he's like, I got my job back at home. I can't keep going back and forth between Columbia and America. But I need money now. And I think it's probably in my best interest, purely from a financial standpoint, to go back, go to work, and come back to America. But then he's like, you know, I'm worried that we're not strong enough for me to leave. And that when I'm gone, you know, her mom and dad don't think we should be together. I think they'll get in her head. I think she'll start, you know, wearing less and going out more. She'll start, you know, seeing what it's like without me. And I feel like if that's how you feel, then you're probably right. If you're so afraid to re leave a relationship that, she will completely go back on wanting to be in a relationship with you, then yeah, I could see that. <laughs> that. That's a real concern that you should have, Tim. <laughs> so then we see the next scene of Tim and Melissa going to therapy. Before they go to therapy, Tim says, you know, um, we went to therapy after I cheated and it really helped us. Ooh, 
record scratch on that one. So you're telling me that this wretched relationship that we have had to been subjected to all season, <laughs> this is the best y'all could do, that you guys have already been to couples therapy? And, <laughs> and you guys are still trying to make this work? I thought that, like, she came back to America, he cheated, and it, shit just went left and it's been bad they've actually seen an actual medical professional (laughs) and this is the best that that medical professional could get them to and that's no shade to the therapist that's shade to their relationship this is the best y'all could Ooh, girl the ghetto anyway so the new therapist is like asking melissa if she was able to forgive tim after he cheated and she's like well I want to and I'm working on forgiving him and Tim says he decides to tell Melissa you know I think I'm going to go back to the states it's really just for money I'm running out I just need to work and Melissa's like well I think it's too early to talk even talk about this and I think it's going to be like a deal breaker like a breaking point for us and I just want to be like well what did you expect you know, you know he can't legally work in this country. The man's not fucking Bill Gates. Like, he already told you that he was keeping his job in America. What did you think? Like, how much money did you think he had? I don't know. I don't know. Um. Then Melissa says, you know, she doesn't trust Tim. It makes her uncomfortable, the fact that he might be going back to America. And the therapist is like, honestly, I think the best decision for your relationship is to stay in Columbia. But what what do y'all want him to do? She already said, I have no interest in getting married to you. We are not even in. She told his mom, we're just trying to work through if we should even continue this relationship. They're about 15 steps away from should we be getting married? They're at least a year or two to that point. So I'm like, okay, this must be a grab to get on TV. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. I'm feeling bamboozled by this whole situation because there's no possible way that Melissa thought that he could live in Colombia 
for years without a job, without any sort of income. Hello? Anyway, just break up. Just do us all a favor and break up. I can't. Uh, let's go on to Brittany and Yazan. So last we left Brittany, she and Angela had gone to the club or to the bar. Brittany is now a little drizzy, a little wasted. She's doing the robot in the street. She's talking about how Crunk ain't dead. <laughs> She's feeling, feeling Giovanni, if you will. So Yazan picks him up. And as soon as she gets in the car, he's like, I can smell the booze. She's acting drunk, but you know what? I'm not going to fight with her right now. I I got a lot of shit to tell her. So we're not even going to fight. I'm going to just move on. So he takes Brittany and Angela to go to um, see his new barbershop. Brittany's still drunk, and she's like, I want to cut your hair. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going to cut your hair. Just trust me, I'm, I'm going to cut it. And to the point where she has to chase him around the barbershop. And finally gets one step, and is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, Brittany. Oh, Brittany. Brittany. So, then, Angela's basically like, y'all are being weird. Like, why, how, how, how did we get here? Because when I hopped on this plane, Brittany, you were texting me, blowing up my phone, saying that you and y'all hadn't gotten into a fight and that I've been hearing about y'all not having a good relationship and now you guys are acting like you're in a fucking Nicholas Sparks book. What's tea? Can we talk about this? Because it's getting weird for me. And... Brittany and Yasin have this conversation in front of her. Yasin says, you know, I still want to get married to you. I don't care about you converting right now. And Brittany's like, I need like a year of us dating before we get to the marriage stuff. And he's like, yeah, fine. I totally get that. I just love you and I want you to be happy so we can wait. No problem. So the next day... It's Angela and Brittany in the hotel. And Angela's like, girl, we need to talk. Because that whole night was weird. (laughs) Brittany says, you know, Yasmin was just saying all the right things in front of you. And I took it. But I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Because he has gone back and forth before. I feel like when he's around me, he says what I want to hear. When his parents are involved. And he says what they want to hear. And so, like, we really do need to have a talk. So, Yasmin picks Brittany up again. Or no, she takes a cab over to his new apartment slash their potential new place. The place was... Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> uh... Fine, I guess. And she basically is like, you know, I got two bedrooms. I have a chicken. He meant kitchen. He said chicken, but he meant kitchen. I have two bedrooms, so you can stay here if you want. So now we each have a bedroom. And Brittany's like, well, I only really like to cuddle. And he's like, cuddle? I don't... What does that mean? So she cuddles him. And he's like, oh, no. We can do that after we get married. <laughs> so he they sit down. And he's like, look, I know what I told you yesterday. But I really can't wait. It's against my religion for me to just, like, have a girlfriend out here in these streets. I want to get married and I want to get married soon, like in a month. 
And Brittany's like, okay, thank you for being honest. Where do we land on the religious thing? Do you still need me or want me to convert? And he's like, no, honestly, I don't care. It's not anywhere in the Quran that says that I have to marry somebody. Like, you can be Christian. It doesn't matter. You do not have to convert in order for us to marry. I'm fine with that. She's like, okay. Okay. Um, then Yazan is like, there's also something that I really need to tell you, but I think it's going to be better if I get a translator. That way we're completely clear. He wants to tell her about the whole situation with his family. The fact that his dad's ready to murder him. Literally. And yeah, I think this would really benefit from a translator (laughs) to explain to Brittany what's really going on. So let's end with Jenny and Sumi. Jenny was really, uh, hmm, standing her ground, wasn't she? The lockdown in India has now ended. The courthouses are open. So Jenny and Sumi are going to go down to Delhi to talk to a lawyer and figure out the process to get their marriage going. Sumit gives her a protection card for COVID. And it looks like a backstage pass. You know, it's like a lanyard and a card. He says it gives everybody a, whatever's in that card pouch, gives a meter of protection against COVID. I have not heard of these things. I'm sure if they were real, (laughs) we would have them by now. Jenny's like, I don't know what this means, but if it helps, it helps. So, Jenny's basically like, so when we go to Delhi, we're going to file for marriage, right? And Sumit's like, well, I wanted to talk to the lawyer to talk about, like, the proper procedure and steps to go to. And Jenny's like, oh, oh no, you, we can't go down to Delhi again. Like, we gotta do this. Sumit, why are you trying to, to, to not get married to me? I'm, I'm worried. And you know about my visa. I can't just be traveling back and forth. So... Sumit's like, I understand what you want to do. I just want to talk to the lawyer and figure out he can give us advice, right? So we're not just like filing for shit that isn't going to work. Totally reasonable. So they get to the lawyer. (laughs) Jenny's still hot under that manner collar of hers. Pressed, okay? Pressed juicery. And then we find out they, we, they, we find out about two situations. The first situation would be the Special Marriage Act. Special Marriage Act is what we thought that was the thing that they had to do, the mandatory way of going about getting married. That you had to get permission from the parents, that you had to um, post uh, an announcement of you guys getting married, that you had to wait, wait 30 minutes after, 30 minutes, 30 days after that to see if anybody objected. And then you could get married. All these, like, very conservative type of steps to get married. Turns out, there's a whole other way of getting married that is way fucking easier. You do not need permission from your parents. You can, he can get married today if he wanted to. And there's really no problem. Nothing holding them back. No, they're in the free and clear to get married. So we have been subjected to this fucking storyline for years about how difficult it was going to be for them to get married and we find out that they can do it any old fucking time they want to can you imagine y'all they can just do whatever they want 
Willy fucking nilly. We have been going through this tough mutter of a relationship where people are showing up at the door. People are fucking, he's got to pay thousands of dollars and we, the parents don't approve. And how are we possibly ever going to get married if his parents don't say yes? You can, you can knock me over with a feather. Ugh. So, Sumit's like, cool. I wonder if Sumit knew about this. I wonder if Jenny knew about this because it's not the first time that they've tried to trick us. Okay. But I wonder if, I can see how Jenny might not know about this, but I wonder if Sumit knew that there was a whole other way for them to get married. There had to have been. He had to have known. So anyway, Sumit's like, cool, we can get married. That's tight. I still want to talk to my parents about this and tell them that I'm doing it. Jenny is pissed. She's like, she does not want them to go to the ring ceremony. She does not want them to do anything. She's like, you know, they're not going to approve now. So why do we even have to talk to them about it? She's basically like, we don't need their permission. So fuck them, basically. (laughs) Um, So Jenny later manages to talk Sumit into having a ring ceremony and not inviting his parents. And Sumit is not happy about that. Sumit really cares about his parents. He wants their approval. Even if he doesn't legally need it, he still wants the parents that he loves to approve of the relationship and the marriage that he's about to enter into. Okay. But Jenny's like, middle fingers up. Y'all can kiss both cheeks of my ass. I'm marrying your man, your boy. And I don't give a fuck. Okay. Um... Later, Sumit says, you know, he invites his brother, Amit, and new sister-in-law. They had just gotten married right after the lockdown lifted in India. So he's not married. Jenny did not go to the wedding, but Sumit did. So they come over, and Jenny's like, hey, just so you know, we're going to get married. We found out a way that we can get married. We're going to do it. And Amit and his wife were like, alright, uh, y'all know that his parents don't like it, right? Y'all know that, right? <laughs> Earlier, Sumit was like, even if they're halfway supportive, I'm going to tell my brother, gauge his excitement, if he's even a little bit supportive of this, I'm going to invite him to the ring ceremony. So even he, his brother, was not invited. So, Jenny's patience is done. And she's like, I don't really understand why any of your family needs to be involved in this. They're not thrilled. And Amit is like, I accept your relationship, but our parents don't. And you know that. And they're not going to. There's never going to be a day. They've already told you in every possible way that they think that lady is too old for you. They're never going to get over the the age difference. So be prepared for the consequences. Like, you can get married, but your parents might, our parents might not talk to you ever again. So guard yourself. So then um, Jenny starts crying. 
And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm old. I can't help it. I'm so sorry. I'm mad. I can't do anything about it. But I love him. And he's my, I want him to be my husband. I want to marry him. And oh, this is my life that's on the line. And oh, oh, oh it's me. Like, oh, why can't I get married to him? Okay. That was the end. <laughs> I really could, I really was like, I got into a zone there. And I could really do my Jenny crying impression for 20 minutes. But I won't do that to you guys. <laughs> I won't. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you can go ahead and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if if only for me doing that really embarrassing Jenny cry, <laughs> I would appreciate it. Thank you for speaking. Love you guys. Be back next week with the season finale of 90 Day, The Other Way. <laughs>